Hello, and welcome to Rocket Accelerated Geek Conversation. This episode is brought to you by Pingdom and DoorDash. I'm Simone Rochefort, senior video producer at Polygon, and I'm here as always with Brianna Wu, executive director of the Rebellion Pack, and Christina Warren, senior cloud advocate at Microsoft. <laughs> wow. It, actually, it's just me tonight. Sorry. I, it was a funny joke. George just I, crashes out of the game. I no, I was, I was just like, I was like, I don't know how to respond to that. I was like, that's great. Um, that's like, the, wow, you that's, say thank you, Simone. I love the way you Simone. say my name. You I always love the find way a way to my name. make it so much stranger and longer than it should be. I've learned to tell you this ever since I started my job. It, the name of my my pack is Rebellion. It's not the Rebellion. So every time you but say that, but it's the I'm pack. Like, it's yeah, the, okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, you're you're of. I mean, I could say it, either I way switch. works. She yeah. could, it's like the Facebook. It just I don't know the it Facebook website. <laughs> the Rebellion Pack. The, the rebellion Facebook pack. app. The Rocket Podcast. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Now that we've had that uh, invigorating discussion, Christina, I believe you have an update for us on your your silly games, your silly financial games that you're playing with yourself. Yes. Okay. So a Dogecoin update. So last week I bought $500 worth of Doge and I was up, I think when we recorded last week, I think that I was up maybe one or $200 or something. Um, I'm... I'm not up as high as I was. In fact, I'm down quite a bit. However, I'm still up overall. Um, my my total um, equity uh, or my total return, I'm still up over $720. So that's great. Although it's down to like 30 cents, she says, when she bought it at 11. Uh, it got as high as like 42 cents on 420. Um, oh I did not God. sell then. I'm now kind of taking a weird sort of tactic where I'm 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 just calling this YOLO and I'm just I'm I'm kind of taking my friend Justin's advice and I'm just kind of like he's like you're up until you're you know a dollar down and I'm kind of like this is clearly going to collapse and is a bad idea but I'm going to hold out a little bit to, just to see if I can get one more like jump. If I can great, if I can't Ooh. like I said, I th- th- this is the this is like no one take financial advice from me because this is stupid. And this was money I forgot about, so I don't care. Uh, also, tax write-off if it does not go in my favor, which I'll I'll need, so fine. But, uh, I mean, what I'm basically saying is that this, this is entertainment for me, so this is fine. But I am up ridiculously. I'm, I'm up over I'm I'm up 125% is what I'm trying to say which is Do an insane Do we know what kind of prompt because I know when Doge was first introduced there was kind of a a rush on it and then it dropped down. Do we know what prompted this particular spike? Yeah, so Elon tweeted about it last week and then there was all this talk Ooh, about making it, totally about making it go to the moon for 420 and then because it's up so much over the last week and whatnot and and it's continued even though it's down it's it's still up like you know day over day or whatnot then like you actually had the actual financial press who's like talking about it like you have people on cnbc having to explain why dogecoin and bitcoin are different which i love i love that they're forced to do this i love that they are forced to explain basically what a 
Bitcoin is and what like something that was created <laughs> for genuinely to make fun of Bitcoin. I cannot stress that enough. It has now because it had like a $50 billion market cap, which is crazy, like has become something that actual people who are paid and have degrees in finance have to talk and think about. That's hilarious <laughs> to me. So even if, even though I've, I've certainly not been able to like trap in what my maximum like earnings could be, this is just so entertaining that even if it all goes to hell, I'm okay with it. Um, I don't think this is going to be something I hold forever, obviously. I'm not going to be left holding the bag if this thing goes, like, back down. <laughs> but I am, like, I'm, I'm going to let it go a little bit longer, is all I, I'm saying. I, this is my opinion. Like, so my GameStop, uh, you know, my GameStop, I made a substantial amount of money on GameStop. And I sold it, I believe, at... Um, yeah, I sold it at around a hundred dollars. It shot up to 300. I have no regrets. Uh, actually I sold it at 127. Yeah, I have no regrets about where I sold it. And, you know, we're, we're doing some cool things with that. So my, my, uh, uh unexpert opinion would be you take that, that Dogecoin and you buy some sweet Mac stuff from the Apple event, uh, just in good conscience. Oh, and no, I, I, and I will. I'm yeah. just saying, like, I'm not, like, I'm just not at the point where I'm going to, like, get out of this madness right this second, right? Like, okay. I will get out before, like, it, you know, if, if I'm only up, like, $100 or something, okay, I'll get out. But, like, <laughs> I'm right now, because I'm still, like, over 100% up, you guys. Like, it's stupid. Right. So, right. at this point, I'm just kind of, like, you know, I missed the big wave moment. So, I'm just trying to see, like, if... Because it's insanity at this point. It's literally there's there's nothing that has is it's just completely irrational and completely bananas. And um, I didn't play with any of the stonks, and I did this one because I forgot that I had the Robinhood account, and I'm just like, all right, YOLO. So that's wow. my that's my Doge update. I love it. I've got to get it. you into baseball so you can have like a. <laughs> A similar hobby that has no impact. No, I was just going to say, at some point, I, you and half of Twitter has been talking about Blazeball. I logged into the site, and my God, I beat Disgaea, okay? I beat Disgaea. And I looked at the Blazeball website, (laughs) and I'm like, I can't make heads or tails out of this, and just logged off forever. So at some point, you may have to walk me through that. Next week, next week's dessert dessert. will be Simone's Blazeball Explainer, (laughs) um, which could just take up a whole episode i am i would actually like that i i i I would love that to be maybe that should be like one of our bonus episodes this year like i would actually that to just be there's that's a good idea um all right well subscribe to relay fm membership to get eventually a bonus episode oh my god yes (laughs) but uh actually there is a planned bonus episode that is happening brianna do you want to tease what that is going to be so, you know, every single year, um, you know, we rely on doing the show, like we get paid through advertisers and through relay memberships. And yeah, we we love our rocket listeners. Y'all are so hardcore. I my heart lights up every time you like add us on Twitter. And this year for the members only show, we wanted to do something really special. So I just got done watching Godzilla versus King Mm. Kong and a concept came to me. (laughs) Simone versus Christina. 
is going to be our blowness concept this year. <laughs> so uh, what will happen is I'm going to write a bunch of questions that I think Christina will be able to answer. And I'll ask those to Simone, and then I'll write a bunch of questions I think Simone would be able to answer, and then I'll ask those to Christina. And then there will be bonus rounds of surprise game format. So, and then we're going to have a very exciting gift for the winner. I can't tell you what it is yet, but I'm also the woman that came up with the the candy corn concept I was going to say, you have our best concepts. So, you really yes. are like our yes. best idea. You're our ideas man for sure. So, Something so just like I, comes over you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm married to Frank, so I feel like some eh, of it wears off. Fair enough. Uh, anyway, it's going to be great. You know, support Relay, uh, you know, join, become a member, and you'll get access to that awesome episode. All right. Uh, well, let's get into today's topics. So we've got a couple big ones today. Uh, I will say right off the bat, we are starting by talking about the Peloton lawsuit. So if you have a child, this might be a difficult one to listen to. We're going to be talking about child injury and death in relation to the Peloton Tread Plus treadmill. So if that sounds like not something you're into today, we're going to be talking about Apple products in the second half of the show because Apple's spring event happened and that'll be very fun. Um, so if you're not up for it, Feel free to skip over it. If you are up for it, boy, have we got a story about tech products gone wrong for you. All right. So on Monday, uh, the Consumer Product Safety Commission, CPSC, which is an acronym that I will screw up every time I have to say it in this topic, (laughs) they put out a statement, a notice warning owners of Peloton's Tread Plus treadmill to stop using the machine. Uh, because they had become aware of the death of one child and 38 additional accidents uh, that happened when children were pulled under the treadmill and uh, injured when the treadmill was running. It has since escalated because Peloton came back with a statement saying, that notice that you put out is inaccurate and misleading, quote unquote, and people don't need to stop using the machine. They just have to follow the safety instructions. And since then, Peloton instructors have started reminding users of said safety instructions at the beginning of their sessions. This all came to this escalation after basically the uh, CPSC uh, had asked for the contact information of for the family whose child had died so they could investigate, and Peloton did not give it out, saying the family does not want their information to be provided. They would like to stay private. Uh, the CPSC then subpoenaed them and got that information, and their investigation is kind of ongoing. But in the meantime, um, they, they're coming up very hard against the Tread Plus treadmill. That's so, Christina, I know, I know you're probably going to have a different opinion uh, yes. than I do about this. Um, well, I mean, why don't you go first? All right. So I have worked with the CPSC as a journalist in the past for other recalls. And just to give people a little bit of information about how the CPSC works, it is a government um, uh, organization. Um, it's supposed to be nonpartisan, but appointees happen through political parties. And in fact, there have been instances where like there was a, a, a a stroller recall that was not issued last year because um, the the makeup of, of the of the board um, uh, of, a, of um, I guess representatives or whatever on the CPSC um, changed. Um, but 
what they can do is actually fairly limited. So recalls are deemed voluntary because the companies have agreed to do the recall and go through the process. To reach that stage, which to be clear, Peloton is actively saying, no, we, we will not agree to this. Um, the the two have to work together and, and there has to be an investigation process and the company has to be given time to make changes um, and and to be able to, to come up with statements and, and to be able to figure out how the recall works. So the first time I, I worked with them, I didn't work with them super closely, but I worked with them a little bit when hoverboards, like as a general category, were recalled. That was difficult because the manufacturers are often different and often were in China and had misleading names and would sprout up under other names and whatnot. And, and they didn't have, uh, you know, any sort of, of safety guidelines. And then the second time I worked with them was during the Galaxy Note 7 debacle, which actually had two recalls. Um, so this is an organization that I, that I stress is extremely, extremely cautious. This is not an organization that comes out and in my experience will make a statement about something being safe, safe or unsafe unless they have the data to back that up and unless they feel as if um, the only thing that you can do is to either tell people to stop using it or to recall it. And even when you recall it, it's a voluntary process. It's one of those things where you can't go to every person's home and do it, but the companies are supposed to do to the best of their ability, let people know that there is a recall um, and have a way where people can return a product and, and get a replacement um, if that's uh, the option. In Samsung's case, it was a, it was a refund. The first time it was a replacement, and when those failed, they had to recall those as well. So when I saw what Peloton was doing on Sunday and and turning back against this agency, which has very little teeth and really can't stop anything, like they can't stop manufacturers, they can't stop retailers from selling things. If a retailer still wants to sell a product, they can. They can't stop people from using it. Um, they can just basically make suggestions. And for them to come out pretty strongly and say, we wanted to release this statement earlier in the week or last week, but Peloton wouldn't let us. And we think that this is an unsafe thing. And, and then to release the video, which uh, if you see it, it is it is pretty disturbing. Um, and then for Peloton's response to basically be like, no, this isn't a problem. Use it as it's designed and you won't have an issue and just never use this this treadmill in the room with pets or children and and you'll be fine. Um, and and to deny that they had hampered with the the CPSC's investigation, which the, the Washington Post reporting, I think, directly contradicts that. The fact that th- there was a uh, the only reason that they were able to get the names of people who had been injured and in one case killed by the Peloton was because they issued subpoenas to the to the um, company, and that's the only reason they were able to get that information. To me, is is completely egregious. Like user privacy is one thing. You're talking about a government investigation into safety that affects not just that family, but could affect everybody mm-hmm. who owns that product. So I'm sorry, that is not an excuse. You do not have the right to say, oh, are, they they don't want to they they don't want to talk to um, the safety inspectors. No, you don't have that right. Like if they choose to not be cooperative, that's one thing. But you don't get to say you don't get to know who these people are or details about some of the other non-lethal um, hazards that had, that had come up they didn't find out about until they were doing this investigation. So my feeling on this is that even if you agree or even if you believe that the Peloton is not any less safe than any other treadmill, and, and my personal opinion is I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think that the... I've never seen any other treadmill have 
to do what this treadmill did. And, and I, I do feel like there is something to be said about having deep engineering discussions and an investigation, which is what the CPSC wants. But even if you think that nothing is untoward about the product itself, Peloton's response, in my opinion, is completely egregious, it's inexcusable, and it's downright gross. Like it is just yeah. one of those things that to me it is indefensible. And as a company that sells things and sells like their lifestyle and sells their products for the amount of money they sell them for to treat safety with such just frivolity and to just basically be like, you know, uh, and to double and triple down on their statements as if they're somehow the wronged party when you're talking about an agency, which again, I can't stress this enough, like they have no power and they're a really benign agency. Like they don't stick their neck out to, you know, it, like they don't have a, a hard on to, to get mad at mm-hmm. some random company. Like that's not right. their, that's not their purpose. Like they don't do that. So screw yeah, Peloton. I, and I, I want to be clear. I, I 100% agree with everything you just said. I 100% agree Peloton's response here is unacceptable. I 100% agree it is uh, it is not acceptable for them to not, uh, to basically force uh, them to go get a subpoena to be able to interview these people. I 100% support an investigation to find out if the Peloton tread is more dangerous than other treadmills. I, I, I swear, I, I don't disagree with anything you just said. Um, this is my perspective because just like you've reported for, you know, you've done reporting with this agency. I am literally involved in the Peloton community every day and I run every day using their app and I use their Peloton bike every day. Um, so I feel like I've, I have a lot of firsthand knowledge of this community. And my feeling with this is I, I think that, so if you go and look at like the kind of market that Precore or Life Fitness attracts, it's just a different market segment than Peloton, which sure. as far as I can see, seems to attract a lot of moms, a, a astonishing number of moms. Um, and what is Precore? Precore, they make uh, fitness equipment. Okay. Uh, it's kind of it's not as good as Life Fitness, but it's pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, so because of that, as best as I personally can ascertain from the Peloton Facebook groups, parents and moms especially seem to not understand the dangers of a treadmill. Um, I have a $20,000 Life Fitness 92i that I got during the 2008 crash uh, when a gym was going out of business, which is the nicest thing I own. That is an astonishingly dangerous machine. I literally reach down and unplug it when I'm not using it because if it were somehow turned on while a pet or a person were near it, they would get killed. It's just a fact. And I, I think that the first job is there's got to be much clearer messaging with parents that this is not a safe thing to have uh, unsupervised with their children. The video online shows two children, a little girl on top of the treadmill unsupervised and a little boy behind it playing with the medicine ball, which gets sucked underneath it. And then he's 
he's injured because of it. My heart breaks seeing that video, but I also think just like if you're going to choose to have a gun in your house, you have to keep it locked up and not loaded and away from kids. And in that same way, I think it's so imperative that you take that magnetic key away and make sure your kids cannot use this treadmill unsupervised. I think the investigation will show if this proves to be a bigger safety risk than other treadmills in the same class. That's an open question. But I do think that in the short term, it is responsible and reasonable for for people to know these things are not toys. They are kid magnets and they are astonishingly dangerous. No, I totally agree with that. And I want to be clear, like I don't, this is not one of those situations where I don't think that there is a a massive element of personal responsibility here, especially like the video that's there. Like, yeah, these kids are playing unsupervised and it looks like the Peloton, there's also a Peloton bike in that room. It looks like it's in the kid's playroom. A treadmill is not, and actually even an exercise bike, to be honest, those are not things that should be in a kid's playroom. Like your, your risk of injury with, with an, with a stationary bike is not going to be the same Mm -hmm. as it is with a treadmill, but it shouldn't be there for, for small, you know, toddlers either. Right. Um, I will say, and and as you said, this is an open question that the question that I have, because I've never, you know, obviously like treadmill injuries are not new and, and a lot of them happen a year and, um, you know, a number of deaths happen. Um, uh, but usually the injuries, I've never seen anything happen. Like what happened with this, where something got sucked underneath it. And then the child was also sucked underneath it. I've never seen anything like that. And, and you have to understand like the tread plus, uh, they have another like more lightweight, less expensive version that's coming out, but the tread plus my, my friend Ashley used to have one. Thank God she sold it, but it weighs almost 500 pounds. Um, it is not a lightweight machine. Like it is even by, by, by home treadmill standards. And by home, I mean, not the type that Brie has or the type that you would find at a gym, but like by home treadmill standards, it is definitely on the heavy side. Like most most of those are are maybe 350 pounds max. This one's 500 pounds. It has a, a uh, like a 32 inch like iMac type of display on top of it. Like it's it's a really big machine. And so when I saw that, you know, not only powerful enough and lift, able to lift itself enough to you know suck in that medicine, the, the bouncy ball, but also the child, like. I have open engineering questions. Like I really do. I'm wondering like, why are there not stop mechanisms if, if, if it mm-hmm. lifts a certain amount, like, right. Like why is this, con- why is this motor continuing to run? Why was why, this designed yeah, in some way? It was pulling itself across the floor, which was exactly disturbing. You know, wh- right. why, why is it raised to the degree that it is, which, which most other treadmills have some sort of, you know, cover. Um, like there are a lot of questions that I have about that, but I do, I do agree with you that there is a huge amount of personal responsibility that goes into this. But I think this goes back to my anger at Peloton for their response because they're yeah. saying, oh, we, we make it clear, you know, in the, um, in, in our documentation on our website and our tiny font and, and we let the instructors let people know that's, that's not the same thing. If to me, to my mind, if what you're saying is the only way that you can ensure safety if you have children or small pets, because there was an incident, uh, according to the CPSC, at least according to the reporting that the Washington Post said, where someone like a pet or someone was injured while the parent was on the device. So just being in proximity to it could be an issue. If that is really the case where you are saying the only way you can safely use this, and maybe this is true, but if you're saying the only way you can safely use this is if it is in a locked room that no small children or pets have any access to, and it is unplugged when it is not in use, 
I'm sorry, but I, I question whether or not that should be a product that is sold to consumers. Yeah, I'm just going to be I, honest. I, I think that's fair. And, you know, uh, so one of the reasons I've not bought a tread is because it is, I mean, from my point of view, 500 pounds is really light. Like yeah. my treadmill weighs a ton and it is so much more stable because of that. So mm-hmm. it's not, I saw that video and I'm like, of course a, a medicine ball would lift a, a normal non-commercial treadmill right up in the air. I mean, if you take it apart um, and you see the the motors in there, like these are huge freaking like these are not a joke for motors. There's literally a wax bag in there to lubricate the treadmill as it goes because it's so strong. Maybe there's a way to put a a safety sensor behind it, but I see that and I'm like, well, what if there's a false thing and then I, it trips it and then I break my leg. That seems like just as likely a thing from putting a sensor back there. So, um, you know, it's, I think it's an open engineering question. Um, I want some answers and I fully agree with you. I, I think that we need to get past this idea that a treadmill is something you can just safely put in a kid's room. Um, if you have children at home, I hope you think long and hard before having a gun in your house. Yeah. I, I just do. I think that that is a level of danger that the stats bear out that you need to think about. And I think in the exact same way, if you're going to have a treadmill in your home, my God, I remember my dad's Nordic track growing up. I would just get on that thing and play all the time. Yeah. Like these yep. things are jungle gems for children. They are. And if you can't lock that room or you don't have the space, I say this with compassion, but for the safety of your children, you know, maybe that's something you don't need to have in your home. I agree. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you 100%. I think, I think yeah, I think we're, we're saying largely the same thing. I think where we had disagreement on on Saturday or Sunday rather, and, and this is still an open question because we don't know, is whether there is something specific to this treadmill versus others. And, and that did seem to be at least at first, you know, before they decided to double down on stupid – Peloton's kind of response, which was kind of like, well, we're not any less safe than any other treadmills. But the CPSC seems to seems to think otherwise. Now, if they do investigate and find that the Tread Plus is is more dangerous than other treadmills, because they're such a, a an agency with so little power, what what is kind of the next step besides Peloton's public <laughs> reputation tanking? As it has, the Peloton moms will tear them apart. <laughs> is the next step. <laughs> Unfortunately, I would have to look into this. I'm pretty sure that legally, there's nothing that they can like. They can't force a recall. Yeah. Um. Uh, but you know, this would be the sort of thing where I think at that point, though, what would happen is that you would have, and you've already seen this because the politicians on both sides of the aisle have already come out. But you will see the the legislators and the politicians come out and and nail them mm-hmm. and and make it you know, like whatnot. And and it might even be a thing where what you could do potentially, and then this is, I guess, where legislation would really come in handy um, about for the other things is you could say, okay, we are now going to craft within our safety legislation that if you don't meet these points, you can't be sold. And so at that point, if you violated that, if like a law passes that says, you know, you th- this doesn't pass this, then at that point, it might be one of those things where, you know, Peloton wouldn't be able to legally sell them in the United States. That seems so overly complicated. <laughs> yeah, w- which which again, I mean, because kind of goes back to my point, which is like, I, 
you know, just cooperate, <laughs> just cooperate. Like this yeah. is this is an agency that doesn't want to hurt you. This is an agency that genuinely like it's a small agency and they're nice people, but they are safety experts and, and they do their research and stuff and just cooperate. Like, yeah, I, I, that, I think that's where I fall on it is like, obviously, there is a bit of personal responsibility, but Peloton their role in this that they have to assume is one of cooperation and responsibility for creating the product, even if they, even in the circumstance where they had done everything they could to warn people about the dangers of the product, Mm -hmm. they at least owe it to people, their customers and parents of beloved children to do everything they can to prove that the product is a not more dangerous than others B that they have correctly you know warned people about it and provided the proper safety information in the proper places so that people can elect to ignore it or follow it as they will yeah just one more thing before we jump topics this is a fun fact uh the whole reason i had to have my knee surgery last year was doing peloton runs with olivia and trying to trying to break the record and going going pushing past an injury so i too have been injured at a peloton this episode is brought to you by pingdom from solar winds if you have a website what purpose does it serve Whether it's driving people to your products, collecting sales leads for your company, or providing customer service with a contact form. When these critical transactions fail, you lose out on business, not to mention the bad experience for your users. But there is a solution. Transaction monitoring from Pingdom. Starting at just $12 a month, transaction monitoring runs checks 24 hours a day. That's all of them. Seven days a week also all of them, and will alert you when cart checkout, forms, or login pages fail before those tragedies affect your customers and your business. Pingdom will notify you the moment there is a failure over SMS, email, or via your favorite apps like Slack, Ops Genie, and PagerDuty. Depending on what's being monitored or the severity of the outage, you can customize who is alerted and how they get the notification. Don't let your users discover a problem with your website. You should be the first to know. And it's super easy to get started. Just go to pingdom.com slash RelayFM right now, and you get a 30-day free trial with no credit card required. And then when you're ready, use the code ROCKET at checkout to get a huge 30% off your first invoice. That's P-I-N-G-D-O-M dot com slash RelayFM and the code ROCKET. Thank you, Pingdom from Solar Winds, for their support of this show and Relay FM. It is time to speak of the Apple event. Apple had their, what was it called? Spring Forward? Spring? I think it was Spring oh, Forward. It was Spring Forward, yeah. It was a super colorful, fun event uh, this week and many exciting things that we personally have been waiting for were shown, um, like the long-awaited AirTags, the IMAX with the M1 chip. They've got a new Apple TV with an i12 Bionic chip out there. What? They've got the M1 chips in the iPad Pro now. Um, and surprise, surprise for me, a purple iPhone. 
Oh. So we are going to go through uh, some of these announcements and drool over them, essentially, or possibly criticize them. I don't know. Uh, let's start with the purple iPhone, because this is an easy, this is a low-hanging fruit right here. Purple iPhone 12, it's available starting uh, this Friday, April, was it 22nd? Ships April 30th. It's a purple iPhone 12. I don't know what to tell you. I love it. I love I, it too. I, I love it. It's the Joker iPhone. Uh, <gasps> my one criticism is bring it to the freaking pro. Yes. Yeah, I was going to say. Bring it to the pro. Oh. Give me the trashy colors. I was going to say, like, this is like, once again, they, and they did this with the iPads as well, right? Like the iPad Air last year came out with like all those fun colors and you got a fun color, Simone. Like you got the yellow yep, one, right? Yep. I love that and, yellow phone. And and now they've got the really fun colors. They had some of the fun colors for the uh, for the iPhone and the iPhone Mini. And now there's a purple one. And I'm like, I want a purple phone. Like, yeah, it's beautiful. And it's it it's is. such a fun color. I don't think I often like. I often see maybe like a, a a bluish sort of iridescent blue, but like a genuine purple. That's fun in the same way that the yellow phone is super fun. I want more yellow phones, more purple phones, and make yeah, them pros. Make them pros because, and I, I said this on Twitter. I was like, "Let's let's be real. The people who will pay a premium for a color, you know this because you did it with the stupid green color and with the blue color and like whatever else, like <laughs> and with gold one year and, and like white even. Like, are the are the people who will buy the flagship phone? Like, those of us who are buying fifteen hundred dollar phones. Like, we want the color. Like, just give, give us them the, the option, option, please." They're spending so much more. money. Give us more, <laughs> not less. Right? Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. What? Don't what? don't penalize me for being an adult, please. Like, or, <laughs> don't I mean, penalize not an adult, Christina you know I mean. for having expensive taste. Thank you. That's it. That that that's the correct. That's the, the take. phrase. Yeah, that's the phrase. All right. Well, hopefully, Apple will see the error of their ways and address this issue. Uh, next up, let's talk about AirTags. So this has been brewing for a long time. We essentially know all about it. Now they're here and their accessories are here. So uh, the AirTags have a uh, camera, accelerometer, etc. that they use to gather information about their, about their surroundings. Um, you can use them with the Find My, um, the Find My app as in find my iPhone, where the heck is my iPhone? Um, and it's got a speaker as well and Bluetooth and a user replaceable battery, which should last a year. Uh, so these are little tags that they're uh, releasing so that you can find all of your lost stuff. They are also alongside these releasing uh, leather, like luggage tags, so you can attach them to luggage. They also go on sale this Friday, $29 for one, four pack for four, four pack, for $99. Uh, what did you guys think about these? Uh, you go first, Christina, on this. I don't know. Like, it's tile for iOS, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's fine. I think the pricing is better than I expected it to be. Um, that I definitely agree with. <laughs> the four-pack for $100 actually seems not bad. I think that some of the accessories are dumb. Like, like the Hermes ones, which... Could four hundred and fifty dollars? <laughs> Hear me out here. If you have a Birkin, you're not putting anything on your Birkin. Like seriously, like you're not. So, um, you know, like that's that's a dumb thing. Also, just you know, people just take the take the thing off or whatever if they're trying to steal something from you. Um, but so so some of the accessories I think are a little bit eye rolling. But um, that said, like not bad. I don't know if I'm going to get them. Um, 
Yeah, but it kind of. I don't know. I know that they clearly must believe that people want these. I believe that people want them because they've been working on them for a while and they're putting them out. Um, it's obviously not like the most sexy and exciting Apple product that could exist. It's kind of just like another another brick in the it's wall fine. of the Apple ecosystem. I don't have anything really negative to say about it. Um, but I'm also not like, yeah, finally air tags. So I have a different opinion. <gasps> I am super pumped about this only because my husband would cannot find his keys or his wallet or anything ever. He's constantly asking me because my searching skills go. are much better. Mm-hmm. Much better than Frank's. So I love this. Uh, I'm disappointed that there's no Apple, that this technology is not baked into the new Apple TV remote, of which yeah. I disassemble my couch once a week looking for. 100%. So I'm going to Frankenstein it on this. This is this is something, though, that I, I'd love your both of your opinions on. So, um, so look, obviously, something I love quite a bit is my Porsche, right? Like, it's a really expensive thing. And like the Porsche key case, I mean, that's $200 to keep this NFC like thing in it that senses when you're in the car, right? So I see the Hermes like uh, a keychain ring. And I mean, what is the, I, I'm not opposed to spending $300, $350 on something nice, but like, what is the, what is what makes it quality? Has anyone ever no. worked with this in person? It's no. not. No. No. I no? mean, I've I've seen the Hermes um, watch bands, and they're nice. They're they're high quality leather. They're certainly higher quality leather than than the leather um, Apple uses for like the the other bands that they have. Um, I I would need to compare side by side if it was as good as normal Hermes leather. Um, but I look as much as I have actually, and this is my deep shame, I have looked into what it would take to acquire a Birkin bag. And then I could get on a list and and somehow be allowed to buy one because yes, there is like, you can't just go into a store and be like, I would like one of these bags. They're like, oh no, you have to be on a list and you have to have all these other things. And oh, did I mention they start at $10,000? Um, I will probably never own one. I don't know. So I can't compare like if the quality is equivalent of, of like their bags, but it's fine. It, it's still, if I'm being completely just dead ass honest, it doesn't feel like the most high quality leather I've ever felt, at least the watch bands. And it certainly doesn't feel like the price that they are charging for it because it still feels very much like the, the Birkins are like, don't feel manufactured. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's like right. a, there's like a, a one-off kind of nature or a limited nature to it. It doesn't feel like this is like done in a machine shop. Whereas the other ones do, so like like the the, the watch bands do, so I I don't know. I'm sure they're fine. I just this seems this seems silly to me yeah, personally. See, that's, yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Swim. No, nah, that's pretty much what I was gonna say. Is it's just like it's fine. I people who want an Hermes luggage tag get an Hermes luggage tag. It's it's yeah yeah. It's a luxury product that's not for me. I think the thing that um, the thing that I like about the the Apple version is, you know, first their leather just doesn't hold up super well in their iPhone cases, so I don't no. have much faith in the the quality of that. 
but it's not so much the the price as much as the fact that um, you know, each of my Porsche keys is like color coded, right? So you can get one to match oh. the color of that. So that's, that's cool. what's appealing to me because the Hermes only comes in, you know, these these shades of brown. It's a nice shade, but mm-hmm. you know, it doesn't match the the color of the. You want the, it to be the part of your color ecosystem, right? Right. No, I I mean, I feel the same way. It's one of those things like I'm looking at this, like you've got the brown one and then you have like one um, that is like there's like a kind of like a midnight blue and then there's kind of like a more orangish kind of like burnt Santa color. And then there's like another brown for one of the options. And I'm like, okay, but if you have a super expensive bag, there's a good chance that you have it in like a different color because that's one of the nice things about those, you know, bags is that you can get them in some really great like shades of, of leather. And, uh, there'd be no way. Okay. First I wouldn't put one of these on my bag anyway, but I would (laughs) never in a million years, like want something that wasn't color coordinated with my handbag. Like, you know what I mean? Like, even if it was for a luggage tag, like if, if I, if I've spent $10,000, $15,000 on a bag, I mean, I guess, but, but then you wouldn't have the nice leather accessory. But at that point, point, why aren't you just putting the, the thing inside? Like, why aren't you just putting inside a tiny pocket? On, on your bag, right? Like to yeah. me, if I'm getting it, I want it color matched to my expensive handbag. And if I can't color match it, what's the point? But I, we're probably overthinking that. <laughs> no, I when think you go you to work talk to for Apple's it. design department, <laughs> you can tell them all of this, Christina. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let, let's move on and talk about Apple TV. We've got Apple TV 4K with an A12 Bionic chip. It supports HDR and high frame rate, uh, and it also has a redesigned Siri remote uh, that, Finally. frankly, still looks really, really tiny. I'm not sure, but it did look very, very tiny, but it has a new click pad. So in place of that, like where at the top, it had that rectangular area that you could swipe over. This has a circle uh, that is set into the remote, which you can also still swipe with your thumb, but then the outer uh, edge of it, you can turn into like a jog wheel. If you're, you want to scroll through uh, a film or something, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, and it also, I, the TV itself, I'm not clear on how precisely this works. You can use your phone sensors to improve the TV's color balance by activating this tool where you can like set your phone on the TV screen and basically use those sensors like the camera and everything else, light sensors to adjust the color balance of the TV so that it becomes, you know, as good as it can possibly be. So that's not, I have no idea how that works. Uh, but yeah, let's start with the Siri remote. Are you both excited? Brianna, you were just complaining about the the remote for the <laughs> Apple TV. So I imagine maybe for you, anything is an improvement. <laughs> Well, it's funny because they went, uh, the first gen Apple TV came out and they had the silver remote and then they went to the Siri remote and then they went back to the original design. It's yeah, the keyboard exactly. all over again. Yeah. So uh, that's great. I like the old uh, design better. I don't find the slide function on the touchpad to be that helpful. Um, I They said I, that it was beloved in the presentation. They were like, uh, the, the, the swipe that all of our users tell us they love. <laughs> That that was true in the context of the theater. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, uh, I, I I don't see anything here 
that personally makes me want to upgrade my Apple TV. I have four of them already Ooh. with the Siri remote. Um, and I, I just got to be straight with you. Like there's one I have that's 4K on my really good TV. I can't tell the difference. And maybe I'm just dumb, but uh, I think it's just my internet streaming. Like it's going to upsample it anyway. And I, I literally there's just can't tell the so difference. There's only so much the human eye can take in. I, I'm sure if I compared them right next to each other and it was right. a local video file uh, you know, streamed off my Mac, I could tell a difference, but I, I can't tell any difference on Netflix. So um, there's no feature here that makes me want to buy this, but I'm happy to see Apple's uh, continuing commitment to Apple TV. Still overpriced. Yeah, I, I think the price is still wrong, but it's at least defensible. Well, it, it's not one of those things that makes me like irrationally angry where I have to go on Twitter rants and get into arguments with people who are <laughs> ridiculously like, I'm sorry, but deranged Apple fanboys who probably don't even own the the product that they're yelling about. Um, for me, simply saying that, which is what I've been saying for the last few months, that I could not in good conscience recommend the old Apple TV 4K to anyone because of its price and because of its performance. Like I, I could not recommend it. At this point now, I still think it's overpriced, but at least it is competitive in terms of the remote is better, it's faster, it's not going to be, it's not, you know, running like really old hardware, right? Like, so I'll give them that. Uh, I do feel like um, I'm interested in the remote. I'm at the point now where I kind of want another Apple TV because um, I'm thinking about getting a TV in my office. Um, mm. And I don't know if I'll get the new one or not, or if I just get the new remote. I'm I'm still my, my verdict is out on that, but it is one of those things where I kind of joked on Twitter. I was like, I'm gonna wind up, I'm gonna hate myself and wind up buying it anyway. I I'm I'm not immediately buying this. Like this is not a day one purchase thing, but it is probably something I will buy within the year. Um grudgingly, right? Like not happily. <laughs> I, I am happy about like the remote change does look good. I am confused like you are, Brie, like why that doesn't have the find my thing built into it. And and maybe it's just something that hasn't been enabled yet. I don't know. But like that's dumb. Like because everybody loses the remotes. Um, I do like that yeah, they I went back. I think I lose a remote more often than I lose my purse. Oh, I definitely <laughs> do. I, yeah, my keys are usually completely fine. It's it's my it's the remote and it's other stuff that I lose. Uh, sunglasses, which I can't attach a tag to. I'm terrible with. But um, the remote looks like an improvement. The calibration feature, the one thing we'll, uh, I'll, I'll note, uh, I think might have mentioned briefly, but I'll say it again. If you want to just spend $70, $60, whatever the price is, on the remote – you can do that. And that will work with both the Apple TV HD and the Apple TV 4K. So if you wanted to get one replacement remote Brie and use it in whatever room you have the most issues with the remote, you could do that. Uh, the other thing, and this is nice, is that that calibration feature is also going to work with the existing TVs. I don't know how well that will work compared to like professional calibration. I'm sure it won't be as good, but at first, when I saw like what they were talking about, I wanted to dunk on it. And then I was I think, thinking about it, I was like, no, this is actually genius. Um, the one downside is that it's obviously only going to calibrate things on Apple TV. So if you go to another input, like it doesn't change your TV settings. Having said that, like what a great concept of how to calibrate your TV using your your phone camera and and yeah. you know those sensors. Like that's actually really slick, even if it's not as good as you know, professionally tuned calibration with light meters and all that, who cares? Like that's, for a lot of people, it's going to very much, I think, improve their picture quality. And so I think that's pretty cool. Um, 
I, yeah, like 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 Brie, I'm happy they're still committed to this, but also yeah, the price. Come on, guys. Like there's, I I, I don't get. The I Verge don't get it. Had an article, I, I believe it was The Verge, about how like the original Apple TV or like the old models are still super expensive. Like they haven't really gone down that much in price. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, yes, yeah, we are like the HD one. Yeah, they still sell the HD one for like $150 or something, like which is weird. There was some, I think it was the Verge article, it was in the comments there where someone was had the idea that you have a lot of third parties who have like maybe built custom signage apps and use it for that purpose to like run custom signs and displays and things like that. And they mm-hmm. like the HD one because A, they don't need 4K on that. B, oh. that one has that one has a USB-C port on it so you can use it for diagnostics but it also means you can like get stuff custom stuff to it a little more easily and in that concept in that concept like that that was just a theory that i read from a commenter but i thought about that and i was like okay actually in this digital signage space i totally see that in the kiosk space we used to have and this was like the third gen um we used to have apple tvs we had probably 20 of them at at mashable uh they probably still do and and we used them because of airplay just as, as ways for people to be able to, mm-hmm. um, wirelessly transmit their presentations off their laptops or their phone or whatever onto TV. So we, we had like at least 20 of them and, and, and right. it was great for that. So before you know, the, we the, move on to the next for that. topic, can I take a moment to tell you guys that this episode of rocket is brought to you by DoorDash? Can I? Can I? Oh, I love DoorDash. Well, here's a scenario for you. You want Chinese food. They want pizza. Someone else in your house is craving Froyo. What's to be done? There's something for everyone on DoorDash. DoorDash connects you to the restaurants you love right now and right to your door. And now you can get the grocery essentials that you need with DoorDash too. So get your drinks, your snacks, your other household items, like your deodorant, delivered in under an hour. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want from where you want, and your items will be left safely outside your door with the contactless delivery drop-off setting. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your neighborhood go-tos. I love Australia in there. This is really just standing out to me now. It's like all of us here in the, the Americas and then Australia, too. I'm happy for you, Australia. <laughs> I don't know how many listeners we have there, but you should take advantage of this deal. Uh, or you can choose from your favorite national restaurants like Popeye's, Chipotle, and Cheesecake Factory. Um, so, obviously, uh, you two are big fans mm-hmm. of the Dash. Um, wh- what? When are services like this useful to you, Christina Warren? All right, so I'm going to actually pull up a real DoorDash order that I ordered last night at 10.22 p.m. Oh, gee. <laughs> um, I ordered from Wendy's. I got a classic chocolate frosty size medium, a Dave's double for Grant, and um, three 10-piece crispy chicken nuggets for myself. At 10.22 p.m. This could be you, listeners. For a limited time, our (laughs) listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code ROCKET2021. That is 25% off up to $10 value and zero delivery fees on your first order when you download the DoorDash app in the App Store and enter code ROCKET2021. 
Don't forget that's code ROCKET2021 for 25% off your first order with DoorDash. Subject to change, terms apply. Thank you so much, DoorDash, for your support of this show and Relay FM. I don't know why I said it like that, but hey. <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about the main event. Oh, the new IMAX. <laughs> so they they have revealed them. They have announced them. They have set dates and times and prices and given us details. The new IMAX are coming uh, as expected. They have the M1 chip. They are they have a 24 inch display with 4K Retina and True Tone, so that it adjusts the color temperature to the light. They have completely flattened the design. So the current iMac that I am staring at right now has that like curved back to accommodate fans and things. Uh, This one has two small fans and the back is completely flat with a single sheet of glass on the front. That glass is apparently, it has a low reflectivity, a low reflectivity coating for readability. Um, Wild thing This I am curious to see when I hopefully, God willing, get to use one of these one day. Um, They're saying that these speakers support spatial audio when playing Dolby Atmos video. So they have these speakers that kind of push air out towards the bottom of the iMac itself. And apparently those can do spatial audio for you with this particular video formatting. So what? That rocks. Uh, it will. It can support up to four USB-C ports. The cheaper model starts with two Thunderbolt USB-C ports. You can get two additional normal uh, USB-C ports for the more expensive model. Um, and they support 6K display. There is a magnetic power connector. Which this I'm was a good one. Super this excited is good. about. This yeah. is, yeah, magnetic uh, power connector. And in the power adapter, like that brick that hangs off on the cord, there's an Ethernet adapter in it. So you can plug the Ethernet cable into the power brick and it'll go into the computer from there instead of having two cables coming out of the back of it. Love that. And there is still a headphone jack. <laughs> oh, so um, let's briefly talk about this and then we can also talk about the the keyboards, which are kind of part and parcel of this. Amazing. Actually, I'll I'll do it now. Three more, three new magic keyboard options. Um, the two more, the two that are more expensive, uh, one has like an additional number pad and then uh, both of the more expensive ones have touch ID on them. And then the cheaper model has no touch ID, but it's got a do not disturb button and an emoji button um, and no touch bar, <laughs> which is chill. Um, okay, so unanimous excitement, unfortunately, because that's who we are as people. Oh my God. Well, uh-oh. okay, uh-oh. okay, yeah, yeah. Please, pl- 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 please be the downer breeze Temper- so that we can okay. we can pl- so, so get the downer out of the road. I want to be clear. Like this is a, a good upgrade. I, I, I just have no plans to replace my Mac with this yet. So no. let me go through all the negatives with it. This is this um, is a beginner if, iMac. Let's be clear on that. Sorry, yeah, go on, Brie. Yeah, no, you're dead on with that. Um, once you've gotten used to a 27 inch screen. Going back to 24 inches, it's hard, y'all. It is it is a bad experience. It everything feels cramped. It's like you're it, it's just it's like you're in an airplane bathroom. It's just <laughs> it's not acceptable. So for me, just flat out, 
until they make a 27 inch, not interested in it. I also think a lot of the advantages to, to M1 chip, at least at this point, um, they're a lot more evident on a laptop than uh, a desktop because, you know, power consumption is less of an issue. Power draw is less of an issue. Um, so those are kind of non-starters. I, so Christina, I've got to have a different opinion than you. That's fine. So from the back, red is my favorite color. I love red. I, by far my favorite color. So from the back, it's this beautiful red. I love all those bright colors, but then you mm-hmm. flip it around. I hate pink with a passion. <laughs> I hate it. I like rose gold. I do not like that pink. It is just, it's like you've got this bold, strong color, and then you've got, it, it just, it's like they're ruining my favorite color. <laughs> they're attacking <man>. you. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, also, um, I think something I was really disappointed in is uh, we'll talk about the iPad Pro later, but uh, this doesn't have the the advanced uh, display that comes in the, uh, the, the uh, was it XDR, X something R display that Apple does? Right. Right. That is in the Apple iPad 12 inch. It's not in this. And, you know, I realize that they probably need to put out a cheaper option, but I would rather pay a little bit more and get the, the best there. So I found that disappointing. So great step forward. Exciting iMac. Not currently for me. Fair enough. I support you. And yes, yes, you're right. I'm looking at the picture of the red one now. It is disappointing. It's pink. The orange one looks great, though. <laughs> the purple one looks awesome. The blue one looks good. I'm getting the pink oh, one. God, the purple one looks good. I mean, they all look so good. Like, I want all the colors. I'm just going to be straight up honest with you all. Like, I want one for every day of the week, to be honest. Except silver. (laughs) Silver can stay home. I'm sorry, babe. I've had you for years. (laughs) I was going to say, I was going to say, silver, we don't need you. But the the rest of them. is such a beautiful, like, buttery marigold color. Yeah, Yeah. it is. Like, it looks so good. Uh, And and they're (laughs) the same colors from what I can tell, or they're not completely the same. Like, if, if they had the purple airpods max i would have purple airpods max but um but the colors like like the 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 red pink is the same combo as as it is on airpods max and um Hmm. you know the blue seems kind of similar too and so um I like what they're doing kind of with these colorways that they started with uh the ipad air last year and they have a little bit on the phone um you're completely right on all the tech specs brie like i want to be clear to people if you have like a, a 2017 or up i would say 5k Retina display, either the regular iMac or the iMac Pro. This is not going to be better than that. It's just not. Um, if you had one, maybe if it was like running like a, a spinning Rust hard drive, even then, I, I'm going to be honest, I don't think this is going to be better. Uh, if you have a 21 and a half inch, which is what this is replacing, this is a significant upgrade. There are some downsides on the technical level, and this is all part of the, the M1 chip. This current SOC seems to be hard limited at 16 gigabytes of RAM, which for, uh, I think a lot of people who buy an iMac for doing like their like serious work would be a limiting factor. Um, the, it seems, you know, it's got the same kind of, you know, style, you know, I guess capacity of the same GPU stuff that we saw in the other M1 Macs. So it's not going to get any increase there. The IO is also limited. You have two Thunderbolt, um, three slash USB four ports, and then two, standard USB uh, three um, uh, ports. Um, they're all at the USB-C connector, though. 
I do like what they did with the MagSafe because I feel like that, even though they won't call it MagSafe weirdly, but I feel like that <laughs> means maybe it's going to come back on the laptop. Um, the the Touch ID on the keyboard, this is interesting because what they had said before was that they couldn't do it because of something with the security. But this will work on other M1 devices. So you could buy this keyboard and use it with Touch ID oh. on an M1 Mac Mini or an M1 MacBook or MacBook Air. So MacBook or MacBook Air. So they must have figured out something within the secure enclave or whatever with M1 to feel like they can, you know, solidify that from, from a text perspective. But but having wireless Touch ID, I think, is awesome. I'm excited about that. Uh, I did laugh when they called the Magic Mouse Beloved because, I, let's be real. That is part of one of my questions. So I was watching through the the Verge's, like, cut down of the event. Um, and I saw that new Magic Mouse, which, of course, like the keyboards, comes in Ugh. a matching colorway to your new mm-hmm. beautiful iMac. And I looked at that mouse and I thought, it sure looks like the charging port is still on the bottom of the mouse. Sure is. Is that so? <laughs> yeah, and they're like beloved, and I'm like, this is fine, but it's never been beloved. Now the, the magic Your trackpad, perfectly I'll give functional you. mouse oh, I love that the people have one is great complaint about. <laughs> exactly, no, the magic say. mouse is unusable. The profile to it is far too low. It makes my hand hurt after I use it for a while. I mean, there's a reason. Yeah, you know, the Logitech is such a large, mm-hmm. clunky thing because it feels. It's just Feels ergonomically good. better. Uh, this thing is trash. If any of you, you out there are fans of this, every freaking iMac I've ever owned has come with one of these things that goes straight in the drawers. So I, I was going to say, I always pay the extra $50, $50 to get the trackpad. <laughs> I always pay the extra $50 to get the trackpad, and, and yep. I'll be doing that this time. Um, I have decided because... I, I like to be something that was like 24 hours ago or yesterday, me tweeting, you know, I, I God, don't come out with a pink iMac because I don't want to buy it. And then me, I'm like, I'm so excited to get a pink iMac. I'm actually kind of relieved that this is not the iMac that Brie and I would want that would like replace our, our Intel behemoths. Yes. A, because I would be really mad. <sighs> not mad, but I would be like, because I, I bought it knowing what resigned it was going to, to your I, fate. <laughs> I'd be resigned my fate. Like if I bought something in like less than a year later, it was superseded by something else. And it's not. The iMac that I got last um, uh, fall is better than this on every level. It has a much better GPU. It has more RAM. It has better processor. It, it's a better machine, more IO. Um, having said that, I'm figuring out how I'm going to arrange my office, but I'm going to get one of these and it's going to be my podcasting machine. Oh, That's I like great. that. Yeah. Yeah. I would um, dearly love. So as, as we all know, you, you mentioned people 2017 and up uh, don't need to buy this machine. I'm sitting pretty there at 2015 with all of yeah. my machines. <laughs> it's for me. Um, this The size thing is a question mark for me. I, I do feel like, yes, I would miss that space, but I think similar to like every time Twitter changes its UI, I think I would probably get used to it. Um, don't, I, I don't, don't hold me to someone. that. You do video editing. You could also have an external monitor is all I would add. I feel pretty certain they're going to be coming out with the 27 inch. Like, or a 32 in, inch. In a, yeah. In just right, a few well, months. I can, I, I can hold I out. I can hold out. Wait. It's not like yeah. I'm going to rush out there and buy it right away because I'm going to let my company <laughs> buy it for me. 
Um, my question, I guess, seeing that this thing has the USB-C ports in the back, when are they going to kill lightning? Ooh. You know, the fact that they put it on the keyboard makes me go, um, maybe they're not. I don't know. I, I, I'm ready for them to kill lightning. And I say this as someone who haven't wanted them to kill it because I have so many damn lightning connectors and stuff. And I'm like, it'd be such a pain. Now I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm mad that I can't charge my AirPods Max with a USB-C cable. I'm mad that I can't charge my iPhone and my iPad with the same cable. Like just move it all. Um, I'm mad that I can't charge my, my, you know, air, my AirPods Pro or whatever with like, it's just frustrating. So I wish it'd be tomorrow, but I will literally have to, uh, to remove the dashboard from my Boxster in order to rewire a USB-C cable into my head unit. And I'm willing to do it. That's right. how much, that's I how much you want to get rid of it. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I would hope that it would be like soon, but the fact that it's on the keyboard makes me sus, but maybe, maybe, yeah. maybe they don't care. I mean, I mean the only reason I, the only reason I say this is that they did once release an iPad 3, the Retina iPad, in March of 2012. And then in October of 2012, they released the iPad 4 that was basically <laughs> the same, was slightly faster, didn't run as hot because the iPad 3 ran real, real hot. It was not a great iPad, probably the worst iPad ever. And then it had a lightning port and completely ruined the you know resale value of that iPad 3. Um, like I think that's the one that I had. Oh, I could talk about. I dealt with that a lot. When yeah, it was, was not a good iPad. Um, no, that was effed up. <laughs> my mom, my mom um, had the iPad four. I got her the iPad four to replace her iPad one. Um, daughter waited waited in line. Aww. Got it at Best Buy at twelve oh one a.m. so that I could. Well, they didn't give me a review unit, and they weren't going to get one until after it came out, and we wanted a post up that a day. Good kid. So I slept. So I, I, yeah, getting it from my mom was nice, but yeah, but I, I waited in line to get the iPad three. And then slept at the Mashable office so that I could get my post done. So M1 chip in the iPad Pro. Uh, amusingly, this is like one of the only notes I wrote down. It supports the PlayStation 5 DualSense controller. That's great. Uh, there's <laughs> a new 2 terabyte awesome. configuration. And Thunderbolt is Thunderbolt and 5G are coming to the iPad Pro. Hell yeah. Uh, as well as Liquid Retina with the 12.9 inch and then there is a new function that they're calling center stage, where if you're in a video call, the camera will keep will move to keep you centered in the frame um, and even adjust when multiple people enter the frame and join the call. So that's bonkers. Um, what do you all think about this iPad Pro? So uh, I need you all to talk me out of a bad decision nope, I won't. on this. So... <laughs> you're on the wrong podcast. So... We're enablers here. Okay. So my iPad Pro 11 inch is my favorite device by far. I use it more than my phone. Freaking love it with the magic keyboard. 10 out of 10. Love that I can throw it in a bag. Um, The fact that they've essentially put an iPad, an iPhone uh, 12 Pro camera on the iPad. um, I mean... I do a lot of video calls and like professional, like documentary mm-hmm. and news stuff. I would love more freedom to be able to, you know, not shoot in my, my, my office, right. To go to some of the nicer rooms in my house and shoot with. Um, so 
everything in here is a really, really sexy package to me. Uh, the M1 chip, I think, is just going to be blockbuster in the iPad. Uh, the thing I've literally been complaining about on this podcast <laughs> since they, they talked about bringing out the iPad Pro is the lack of software uh, on it. The M1 chip and the Apple Unified Development Stack is going to rectify that. I fully believe we're finally going to get Final Cut on <gasps> here. So I'm I'm a thousand percent excited about this. But the thing I can't get past is uh, I did buy an M1 uh, 13-inch MacBook Pro this year, mm -hmm. which, you know, is $2,000. Which is the identical it, device. Right. And, oh. and so, well, but without the great camera. And then you have, so to get a really good screen on here to have the XDR display technology in it, you can't get the 11 inch. So I can't just keep my $350 magic keyboard. Right. I would have to get a 12 inch keyboard and the, the iPad. And I priced all this out like that's $2,000 when you include Apple care for the 500 gig device, which I just think is, I just, I want it. I really want it because I love this device so much, but I can't tell you I'm not still getting a ton of use out of this. And I mean, I did literally just build a $7,000 supercomputer. Mm -hmm. So um, I, 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 I want it, but I mean, am I right for just staying the course for now? I would wait. And, yeah. and, and that's uh, that the reason I say that I'm waiting as well. I'm waiting for WWDC. I want to see what they're going to do on the software end because Right now, I'm actually really happy with my iPad Pro. Um, uh, there are some hardware issues that I've had with it. I, I have I'm on my second refurbished model, and so it, I might be at the point where I have to eventually replace it. You know, for those reasons. But I've been really happy with that device. I have the 2018, so mine is definitely you know I, I could definitely go in for a replacement. But where I feel it's limiting, other than the camera, which some of the camera features would be nice. I'm I'm not seeing anything that's making me go like, oh, I, I'm feeling like bottlenecked right now, right? Like I don't feel bottlenecked on the software. So until I see some software where I'm like, I need more power, I don't know if I need that M1, if I'm being honest. Um so maybe, maybe WWDC will will have more news there. Um like you, I'm having the same, you know, like consideration where I'm like, okay, I can obviously sell that keyboard that I paid all that money for. But I'm only going to get a fraction of what I paid for it. Then I have to buy the new keyboard, and then you have to get all the accessories. It's expensive. It's going to cost more than, um, like, if you were to com like configure it with the one or the two terabytes, it'll cost more than a MacBook Pro, and that's not insignificant. Yeesh. So, if you already have a MacBook Pro, I don't know. I mean, I, I feel like you can wait a few months and see what's going to happen, and you might be in a place where you might want to sell you know, your MacBook Pro and your yeah. iPad uh, keyboard and and go all in on the iPad. Um, but I, I think I think you can wait. I also think, and this is what I love about Rocket, because we're the only podcast in the world that would talk about this. I love my iPad Pro 11 inch because you can throw it in a big yes. purse. And the it's size the is, a, is a, it's a beautiful size, it, but it's big. Yeah, I, I had like um, I, I had a long term loan on the original twelve point nine inch or twelve inch iPad uh, Pro, and obviously the new it's one is just too much. The, yeah. Obviously, the new one is more svelte. But I will be honest, like I've looked at that a few times. The reason I never got it is because it, yeah, that's too big. Like at that point, the my favorite thing about the iPad is like I can take 
like teams calls like in bed if I have to, you know, like or or on a on, on a chair. Like there are, are are things that I can I can do. I I can put it in a purse. I can put it in um, my backpack for traveling. Like when that was a thing. Like it's it's much more portable and lightweight, and it's good for the bathtub. And if I drop it on my face, which I've done. It hurts, but it doesn't hurt like that 12 inch does. Oh, boy. Uh, Maybe if we just wait, they'll bring the XDR display out to the, the 11 inch. I mean, I think yeah. it feels like a good time to wait. Like you said, at least for WWDC, um, I'm definitely not. I like I, it points to me. It points me in an exciting direction for future iPads. Yay. I just got an iPad last fall. So I'm definitely not in the camp that's like, oh, time for me to purchase. Um, if yours, eh, seem, yours seems to be a couple of years older, Bree, so maybe, but I think Christina's suggestion of waiting for software is the responsible thing. Fair enough. All right. Hey, listen, folks, this episode of Rocket is also brought to you by Automators from Relay FM. If you like our show, there's a good chance you'll like Automators. There are so many daily tasks that we all do. That could be automated for us. And time spent on tasks that could be automated is time you could get back. If you want to make your devices do more for you, you need to listen to Automators, where hosts David Sparks and Rosemary Orchard cover a huge number of programs, apps, and ways that you can automate things in your life so you have more time for the important stuff. Uh, That sounds super cool to me because that's always the work that I'm just way too lazy to do is figuring out. Like, (laughs) we all know I did that with my Hue Lights. That's the farthest I've ever gone towards, like, scheduling things to work for me. (laughs) So uh, (laughs) having people do that work and then having me be able to listen to a podcast for free, that rules. Uh, Some really great episodes include uh, Cloud Automation Check-In, which looks at all the popular cloud-based automation services, including where they work and where they don't, uh, as well as Automated Communications, which covers how you can automate the ways you communicate with other people. Hey, we know one of those, they're a sponsor. Um, And they also talk about widgets, home screen widgets, which is something I also haven't even delved into because I'm scared. And that's why David and Rosemary are the experts. Um, Listen to them bring automation to the people at relay.fm slash automators or search for automators wherever you get your podcasts. Now, we have run several minutes over time. So my proposal is that (laughs) we skip dessert and just go straight to what we're doing this week because kind of... The apple thing was kind of a dessert for us. <laughs> I can make I, what I'm doing this week dessert. You know what? I bet you so, can. Brianna, what I bet are you, you doing this week? <laughs> oh, my God. So so uh, like an idiot, like an absolute moron, I did not listen to Simone's recommendation on this show. She mm-hmm. gave me fair warning twice on this show. She's like, what are you doing? I'm playing Hades. Hades is great. And I'm like, oh, yeah, some stupid story about Zachary or so whatever. (laughs) Okay, whatever, whatever. And then I played it and oh, my God, is the most addicting, crazy game ever. I I have only gotten through. I've only escaped three times so far. I'm working to max out my weapons. If you beat it 10 times, you get the true ending. So I'm working towards that. But what a freaking masterpiece of a game. And and Simone, I repent for not following your gaming example sooner. <laughs> Please forgive me. I forgive you absolutely because I think the punishment enough will be <laughs> the hours that you're about to spend <laughs> trying to pick up Daedalus enchantments for your beautiful, beautiful weapons. 
Um, I, yeah, I, I love Hades. I'll briefly add before we move on the way that that game keeps giving you like wonderful new checklists of things to do. Yeah. I adore it. I started making a gaming journal because of that game where I like, I track, uh, how many daedalus enchantments I need to get for each weapon. So like some of them are all completed and then some I'm like, I just have two. No, I need to get two more. And then the different uh, God power-ups that you can get. And then the hearts that you like the relationships you build up with the different characters. There's just so much to do. And it is a very fun gameplay loop that will never let you go. Uh, EU regulators should take a look at it. Christina. <laughs> I love Meg. I just have to oh, say, Meg I is love so her good. so much. Her She's voice. So great. Oh my God. Is unbelievable um christina what are you up to this week (laughs) okay so now i feel like i'm being i'm gonna be bullied into playing hades which you did tell us was great and it's not that i didn't listen it's not that i didn't listen to you it's just that like i didn't do it um and now don't do it if you have deadlines this week because i was up until two last night and then i'm up at six again it's the epitome of a one more run game yeah Okay, all right. Might wait until the weekend then. All right. So I am. Um, so I got second dose of my shot. So I got my five G part two Yay. today. So I'm anticipating that I'm going to be feeling pretty crappy tomorrow. But um, everybody says that like day two like hits you kind of hard. My arm actually just started hurting as we uh, <laughs> oh, as no. we started talking. Um, that's fine. Um, my arm really hurt last time. Um, and now it just started hurting. Um, this time, but that that's fine. I've like I've said before, I've never been so excited to get sick in my life because it means freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, uh, that there, there's that going on. I'm um, hoping that what I might be doing in my off day tomorrow is putting together kind of a, a new blogish sort of thing. I'll, I'll share more details on that when that happens. Also, I posted this idea last weekend, and Bree, you seem to think it was a good idea. I'd like your take, Simone, but also from listeners. Let me know on Twitter or through our email or whatever. If I were to put together, and it wouldn't be all encompassing, and it, but, but I would try to keep it updated, and it would be very much like not like it, it would just kind of be a like trying to coalesce what's in stock. But if I were to put together like a website that just showed things that didn't have ridiculous lead times and, and were relatively in stock, and by in stock, I mean you have to wait a few weeks, but you know, you could get it of pre built PCs that have the hmm. graphics cards that people want. Would would but aren't hot garbage because some of the pre are hot garbage and some of them aren't. Would people be interested in that? Uh, so let me know because that that wouldn't be a super heavy lift. But like last week, I found a an Alienware pre-built which wasn't garbage. I don't know if my friend bought it when I told him to or not. But four days later, the lead time had it was three weeks out past that oh past God. past where it was before. So it was like a month when I told him, and then it was like seven weeks, four days later. So. I I have, for better or worse, you know, good luck at being able to kind of see things when they're trending. And if people would be interested, let me know, because that would be not a hard thing to put together. So let me know. All right. Let Christina know. Um, and where can they let you know, Christina? You can tweet me at film underscore girl on the Twitter, or you can view my Instagrams, Instagram story stuff at film underscore girl on Instagram. And you can see the videos that I do at work at um, youtube.com slash Microsoft developer. And Brianna, what about you? Uh, Brianna will on the Twitter machine. If you want to support rebellion pack, you can do that at helptherebellion.com. You can find me on Twitter at doom quasar and at youtube.com slash polygon. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this episode of Rocket. 
If you liked it, and I hope you did, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts because that is the thing that cool people do. We'll be back with you next week with another exciting episode. But this one is terminated. 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 I'm getting a pink eye back. <laughs>